0: Hey everybody, it's Brian. Big announcement, scratch that, huge announcement. Work in Sports is sponsoring the first ever Job Recovery Summit as part of Hashtag Sports virtual conference. We are so excited to be partnering with Hashtag Sports on this incredibly important initiative. Registration is free, yes, free. There is literally no excuse for you not to attend. The Job Recovery Summit takes place live, June 17th, 12.30 to 3.30 p.m. And I'm gonna be hosting at least two panels, maybe more. And get this, I'm bringing together our panelists. And I'm gonna be aligning some of your favorite guests of all time in one session. I'll let you know more details as we have full confirmations, but suffice it to say, I'm super excited. The entire lineup of events and sessions for Hashtag Sports Virtual Conference looks amazing. I'll be attending a lot of the other sessions when I'm not moderating because really you can never get tired of learning. You need to check this out. The Job Recovery is going to be day awesome. at hashtag sports.com slash virtual. Or you can go to their events tab, click on the Job Recovery Summit, and register. Don't forget to mention you heard all about it on the Work in Sports podcast. All right, let's start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition, Lift off. Hey, everybody, I'm Brian Clapp, VP of Content and Engaged Learning at WorkinSports.com, and this is the WorkinSports Podcast. Amazing week last week. We finalized our integration into iHire, and while there's always some bugs and some strange results and some things that need working out, it's looking awesome. WorkinSports.com is your site now more than ever, your leading job board for the sports industry. But it'll look and function a little different, dare I say, better. As I've told you before, I'll start discussing some of the cool features we've added in the coming weeks. Today, I'm going to share with you something magical that happens when you use WorkinSports.com now. That's right. I just called it magical. It's called iMatch. Letter I, then followed by the word match. I don't want you to think we're turning into some optometry site. It's not iMatch, like E-Y-E-Match. Anyway, you get it. Moving along. iMatch is our behind-the-scenes, super-smart algorithm. That is current, working constantly to make your search results smarter and more applicable to your needs. Okay, think of it this way. When you hear me say, oh my gosh, we now have 25,000 jobs on WorkInSports.com! Woohoo, active jobs in the sports industry. Go get it. That sounds just like me. That may seem daunting, right? That's a big number. It does to me. I think of that and I'm like, 25,000, that's a lot to go through and fi- figure out that I get my perfect match. You may fear missing something perfect for you amongst the insane total of available sports jobs. Again, I would totally understand this fear. Well, iMatch helps, and you don't really have to do anything. It just actively is watching your searches. Every search you conduct, every job you save, every job you apply to or reject or discard, basically every action you take informs our algorithm with more information to customize your experience. Each time you come back, you'll be served up more and more logical openings that fit your desires based on your search patterns. You'll see the best of the best in every search, which means not only a more efficient experience, but you can also relinquish the FOMO in your life. Yes, I just used FOMO in a sentence. iMatch is awesome, but if you are like me and you search for everything all the time, study job descriptions and are always trying to keep up on industry from all angles, iMatch just responds, you're a weirdo, pick a lane. I'm kidding. iMatch doesn't talk yet. That's version 2.0. Okay, this is normally a spot where I'd insert the stat line, but we're taking at least a week off from the data because we're going to revamp the entire segment, which requires me to have a few more meetings with our analytics team. They are excited to help me bring more information to all of you, and I'm excited to be able to pull relevant data for all of you. So bear with me for a bit as we tweak the entire dealio. And just now we have an analytics team, so it's kind of cool. There's a lot of data out there, and I want to make sure I get you guys the best. Meredith Johnson, I know this is your favorite section. Forgive me for the break. All right, let's get to today's question, which isn't actually a question at all. It's a statement by me. Last week, a story, probably a story more than a statement, but it's also a story that we're going to draw some conclusions from. All right, I'll get to it already. Last week, I had a friend reach out who was applying for a very cool job with a professional sports team. Since I really like and respect this person, and I know people at the professional sports team, I did what good networking is supposed to do, and I volunteered to reach out on this person's behalf. I'm going to reach out to my friends at the team, put in a good word for the person I knew was applying or in the final stages of the interview process. Now, I didn't bring this up to show off my altruistic nature or Overall, good dudedness. Dudedness. Yes, I just said dudedness. Good dudedness. I bring this up because something very interesting happened. Something I haven't been able to stop thinking about ever since. My conversation with my friend in pro sports led me to wonder, is networking dead? Here's the scene. Reach out to my friend, a former guest on the show, by the way. And I tell them the details. Hey, got a friend in the final round of interviewing. They're great, wonderful addition to your team, hard worker, experienced. Can you put in a good word with the hiring manager? And their response, stop me in my tracks. Hey, Brian, normally I would do this for you in a heartbeat. Your friend seems like a wonderful candidate. But just two weeks ago, there was a new company policy instituted whereby no employee can discuss or advocate for candidates to a hiring manager. The goal is to remove bias and create a truly inclusive staff without favoritism, nepotism, or cronyism. By keeping the process devoid of influence, we believe we will be stronger throughout our organization. Okay, take a breath, process that for a second. My initial thought when I read this was good for you and good for your organization. I've long been an advocate of DE&I, but I've always wondered how it will happen. How do we do it? How do we make it a more inclusive and equitable workforce and more diverse? I talked with Vincent Pearson, who at the time was the director of DE&I at minor league baseball, and asked him, this is all wonderful in theory, but what do we do? Like, how does this become a reality? I've asked Callie Franklin, John Ferguson, Felicia Douglas, Dr. Bill Sutton, and many other industry leaders to say, I know this is a movement, I know it's important, but what is it going to look like? How is this actually going to be implemented? This initiative right here, expressed by a professional sports team, is the most concrete example I've heard to date of process change to adapt to a more inclusive workplace. Yes, other things have been done, other important things. But this was very concrete to me. We're no longer taking referrals from others because we think it influences decision-making and makes it where our workforce looks like more like a mirror than a diverse group. It's not fully inclusive. I like it. I'm here for it. But it begs the question, is networking dead? Now, one more thing before we get into what this all means. I have always hated the it's not what you know, it's who you know concept. It drives me insane and is such 1990s era thinking. Bear with me as I repeat a story that some of you have heard. I started at CNN Sports Illustrated in 1996. There were probably 30 of us entry-level production assistants and associate producers hired at the same time. Four or five out of those 30s, out of those 30, were there because they knew people, only for that reason. One had a dad who was a famous sports media columnist. Others had influential parents or uncles or cousins or whatever in the industry. They were hired because of who they knew. So that concept, I think, even from back then, kind of bothered me. It's like, well, what are they doing here? What did they do to earn this spot? They're here because they knew somebody. I I think I was kind of put off by the concept even back then. Well, guess what? They all bombed out in under a year. They didn't have the skills or the aptitude to do the job. So the fact that they knew people did not really make a big enough difference, okay? Organizations have gotten smarter and realized Hiring unqualified people really hurts us more than some intangible idea of playing favorites to some influencer. You can't just know people and get by. It does not work that way anymore. You don't get hired as a favorite to your influential mom or dad or cousin or uncle. Skills matter. Just listen to last week's guest, Michelle Andres, who's SVP of the Baltimore Ravens. She said it too. It's not just me saying this. She said, I need to see your skill set on your cover letter that not just that you were a fan, okay? So this idea of taking away the who you know, I'm down with. But let's get back to the big topic. Is networking dead? If we break down the usefulness of networking, it's pretty pretty vast. It's not just job recommendations or referrals. You can get insider industry information when you're connected to the right people, mentorship, advisement, connection, confidence. There's a lot that comes out of networking. I'm sure we can even come up with more reasons to network, but that's a good starting point. Fact is that a lot of us network, though, with the hopes that it will lead to the right person being able to influence a hiring manager at the right moment. That's the big goal. And while we can list plenty of other things, I mean, if you broke it into a pie chart, the biggest piece of pie is going to be, I think this is going to help me get a job later, who I know will play a role. It'll be a balance. I have to have the skills, but knowing the right people will help, too. If that's taken out of the equation, it does impact the importance of networking. Not totally, but at least a little bit. We have to at least be honest that it affects things. Let's be honest with each other. All the other things are nice and important, but most people put effort into networking for the promise of greener fields, right? Will this change? Is networking for the purpose of job referrals going to change with this new information? Possibly, yeah. Now this is one team in one league, so I don't want to overstate things. But it is a major league, and it is a big market team, and DE&I initiatives are taking hold throughout society, so it stands to reason this could and maybe should spread. And if so, then what? Well, if you ask me, it levels the playing field, and you should all be excited by that. It makes it down to what you can accomplish, no matter what else other factors there are. You can do the job, or if you have the right skills to stand out, or if you can... Sell yourself in a, in a charismatic function in a way in the interview process, and you can do other things to show your experience in internships or whatever it may be. That's going to weigh out over who you know. Now, networking is still important. Knowing and connecting with people to build your personal brand and reputation still matters. Having resources to ask questions and gain advice still matters. A lot of people network with me, not because I'm going to get them a job, or at least I don't think so, but because they like to ask me questions about the industry or about a decision they have to make or about a process they're going to do. So that sort of stuff still matters. It's super important. But if you're only going at it because you think it may benefit you for a job down the line, you may need to alter your strategy. You may need to come up with new plans. Acquiring skills. Now, more than ever, if you look at this now and say, "Okay, if I'm not going to get gigs because I know the right people, well, then... What do I start to focus in on? Well, more than ever, acquiring skills that will align you with industry needs will be the thing that gets you hired. And you've heard me say it for years because I believe it. Sports organizations will become more and more reliant on interviewing and hiring people that aren't recommended, but instead match the skills of the job description. If you take out all the other variables and just say, I'm going to go through this pile of resumes and those who match the job and match our needs are going to be the ones that elevate, that is the cleanest system there could be. And the way you present yourself in that is to have the right skills to match. I've been saying it for years. If you don't know what skills are in demand for the jobs you want, you're missing your greatest advantage. The time is now to go at networking with different intentions and frame of mind. Maybe it isn't the long-term goal of getting a recommendation. Maybe it isn't, uh, you know, maybe maybe instead it's building your personal brand. Having a thought leader in your corner and having a sounding board for advice and mentorship. Those are still very important things. So networking still has a role. It's not dead. But networking maybe for the process of getting a job and getting connected to a role and getting a recommendation, yeah, that might be gone in two or three years as this spreads. Because I think it's logical to see it spreading. It makes too much sense. To say, we're taking out the bias. We're taking it out and we're going to allow for a completely inclusive workforce. That's the future and we need to prepare for it. So take this and adjust your strategy in the best way you possibly can because I think it is going to, I think this is a change we're going to see. Coming up on Wednesday, thank you for listening, everybody. Coming up on Wednesday, Jennifer Keene from Octagon, a returning guest on the show. She's only the second person I've ever had twice on the show. Joan Lynch was the first. You guys loved her second episode, it's been incredibly popular. Jennifer's coming back on. She is the VP of Athlete and Property Marketing at Octagon. She has one of the most impressive client lists you'll ever see. Steph Curry, Emmett Smith, David West, David Robinson, like I mean, t- Hall of Fame style teams of people that she works with in athlete marketing. Some great conversation of trends happening in athlete marketing. That'll debut on Wednesday. So make sure you rate and review and subscribe wherever you listen. It's always important to get our word out there and get our name out there. So thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for listening and just start to tweak your networking approach a little bit because I think the world is going to start changing in more obvious ways. Thanks for listening, everybody. Let's get back to work.